I, I want to I wanna just take the next few minutes, and I don't want to preach for long, but I want to take the next few minutes to talk to you about this message that I've entitled, Made for More. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, Made for More? Now turn to the neighbor that you didn't choose, your second choice, the one that you don't like as much, and say, Made for More to them. <laughs> who's, uh, who's on Facebook? Who's on Facebook? Who's on Instagram? Who's on Snapchat? Anybody still on Twitter? Anybody on MySpace? Some of you don't even know what MySpace is. You're so young. It's cool. Uh, I, the other week, I was, on, I was on Facebook. I was scrolling along. Sometimes when I'm waiting for my friend to turn up uh, and they turn up late, I pretend I'm on my phone. I pretend that something important is going on on my phone, and, I, and I, I'm looking through my phone, and I see this Facebook message pop up. It's from a guy called John, and me and John used to go to school together. He was so cool. John was the coolest man in the world. Like, every girl wanted to date John. Every boy wanted to be John. Uh, John was the rugby captain. He was the best at sports. He was the most good looking. He was really intelligent at school, and I get this message from John. So I read the message, and I'm like, John, what's up? He says, Dan, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good, thanks, bro. How are you? So I start Facebook stalking his pictures. Anybody do that? You Facebook stalk pictures. There's more of you that do that. Don't lie in the house of God. So I start Facebook Facebook stalking his pictures. I notice something about John. John is not the same John that I knew 15 years ago. John is absolutely changed. He's so different. John, who was like the most good-looking, the most talented, the, the captain of the rugby team now, John is like pretty much homeless. He's on all sorts of substances. His life is messed up. And he says, Dad, I can see that your life, your marriage, you've got a kid. It looks like you're enjoying your job. Like This is the mess of my life. It's too late. I've messed up. I might as well give up. I said, John, listen. You're so talented, you're so gifted, you're so much better than things that I am. But there was a difference between me and John. Not that our talents uh, were different, but the difference was I had realized that I was made for more. I had realized that I was called by God. You've got this title of your camp here called the, the, the tribe. And today we're talking about the chosen tribe. And all it is about the chosen tribe is understanding that you're made for more. Understanding that God has called you, that God has appointed you, that he's positioned you exactly where you are. You don't have to reach out and be anything different than you already are. You're already made for more. I was thinking about this in the Bible, about people in the Bible who have realized in their mind, who have realized in their life that they are made for more. And it got me thinking about Daniel. Who's heard of Daniel in the Bible? Maybe you heard of the story, Daniel in the lion's den. I love Daniel so much, I asked my mum to name me after him. That's a joke. I didn't do that. <laughs> Daniel was, a, was such a good guy in the Bible. Daniel realized that he was made for more, and it kind of got me thinking as I was reading through the Scripture, reading through the Bible, what is it about Daniel that made him realize he was made for more? Everyone say number one. Everyone say number one. Number one, the thing that made Daniel realize he was made for more is Daniel knew he was made of the good stuff. 
Daniel was made of the good stuff. You know, uh, I'm, uh, my, my dad's side of my family is from Jamaica. My mum's side of the family is from South Africa. And I'm from East London. Love it. I'm a Londoner. All right, mate? Yeah. And my mum, uh, she, uh, she, she tried this thing. My nan, the thing about my nan, she's from Bournemouth. She lives in Bournemouth. But my nan, yo, yo. <laughs> my nan, she makes the best chicken curries you would ever try. The best chicken curry. You know where you eat food so much that it hurts, but because you love the taste so much you keep eating? Like this, this kind of chicken curry my nan makes. But she's a vegetarian, so I don't know how she knows it tastes good. This is a bit weird. But my nan makes the best chicken curries in the world. And uh, as kids, we would always want my nan's chicken curry. So my mom, she got a little bit jealous of my nan. So she tried to mimic, she tried to imitate my nan's chicken curry. She came home one day to London. She says, boys, I've got a surprise for you. I said, what? She said, it's chicken curry. I'm like, ugh. She brings it to the table. It looks the same. Kind of smells the same. I tasted it with a spoon. No, 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 mum. That's not the same. Go back to the drawing board. Do it again. That's disgusting. I didn't say that. She would have slapped me around the face. But I fought it in my brain. And my mum, she went back and she made it again. And she come back to the table. I'm like, mum, this is really, really bad. Go to Nan and ask her what she puts in her curry. So my mum uh, took a trip down to Bournemouth again. And she, she went to my Nan and she, she asked, mum, what do you put in your curry? My nan told her the right ingredients. She put this and 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 there's so many things into the chicken curry. My mom comes back to London. She presents it back to the table and we're like, whoa, whoo, praise be to God. This is a good chicken curry. I said, mom, what changed? She said, I put the, the good stuff in. I put the right ingredients in. And now it doesn't just look like it. Now it doesn't just smell like it, but it is made of the good stuff. The Bible talks about Daniel being made of the good stuff. Let me read you this. Daniel chapter 6. Anybody got their Bibles in the house? Two people. It's cool. It's cool. I'm going to read it to you. Let me just read you this first chapter. It says, Daniel chapter 6. It says, it pleased Darius. Darius was the king at this point. Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Grab this bit. This is the bit. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities, a.k.a. Uh, a.k.a. character, a.k.a. the good stuff, his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. We'll stop there. Daniel knew that he was made of the good stuff. It wasn't about his giftings. It wasn't about all the talents that he had. It was about who he was on the inside. I want to encourage you, young person, it's not just about your giftings. It's not just about your talents, but it's all about what is made up on the inside. Giftings may get you somewhere, but character will keep you there. One of Daniel's giftings was he could interpret dreams. Who would love to interpret dreams? I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd make all sorts of stuff up. But Daniel could interpret dreams. But it wasn't his, his gifting in dream telling, in dream interpreting that got him to where he was. 
Because Daniel only interpreted dreams twice in his life. It was all about who he was on the inside. The Bible says that uh, out of the, the, if there's good in you, goodness will come out. If there's bad in you, bad will come out. It's all about what you're made up on the inside. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, train up your character. Train up the good stuff on the inside just as much as we spend time trying to learn our instruments, just as much as we spend time trying to learn our skills on the football pitch or in the basketball court or doing our nails or doing our makeup. Spend as much time on your character. Be made of the good stuff because that is what is going to set us apart. Here's the thing, though. Here's what you've got to realize. The good stuff is already in you. The Bible says that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you. It's the same power. The Bible says that God knows every hair on your head. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. You're already made of the good stuff. The difference is, just like the difference between me and John, is that he didn't realize that he was already made of the good stuff. So he lives the small life. I believe that we as people of God, as the chosen tribe, are meant to live a big life. And if we can just understand that we're made of the good stuff, that the creator of all things made us and has appointed us to live a big life, then you'll see things in your life that people have never seen before. You'll do things in your life that people have never been able to do before because you've realized that you're made of the good stuff. It's all about what's inside of you. Everyone say number two. Everyone say number two. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, we're on the second point. Number two, Daniel was made for a purpose. Who, um, you know, there's a few things that annoy me in life. Just a few things, though. Not many, because I'm, you know, I'm a nice person. And uh, there's one thing that annoys me, and one thing that annoys me is haters, do you know what I mean by haters? Like people that just want to hate on you for the, for the sake of hating on you, that just, just don't like you just because. You know, have you ever met those people? They just don't like you just because. And the thing is about haters is haters only hate when you're doing well in life. Have you noticed that? People don't really care when you're doing bad in life, but they hate on you when you're doing well in life. And Daniel in the Bible had haters. The king had set him up to be the ruler over all of these different people, but Daniel had haters, and here's the thing. Let's read it. It says that, that Daniel, uh, it says that people, where are we? At verse 4, at this time, the administrators and the traps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct against the government affairs, but they were unable to do so. You see, no one could find any wrongdoing with Daniel. Why? Because he was made of the good stuff. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy, neither was he corrupt or negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. The law of his God. You see, even the people, even the haters that were trying to hate on Daniel, even the people that were trying to pull Daniel down from his purpose and his position, even they knew that he was fixed on Jesus, that he had a purpose from Jesus. So the Bible continues in verse 6. It says, So these administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, My king Darius, 
Uh, may you live forever. The royal administrators, the prefects, the satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict, a new law, basically, and enforce it the decree that anyone who prays to any god or any human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Here's the thing. In life, we're always going to get people that are, that are hating on us. We're always going to get people that are realizing that you're made for more, that you're set up for, for a good purpose, that you're set up to do amazing things. But there's always going to be people that try and tear you down. There's always going to be people that try and get you to look to the left and to the right and try and take you off of the path that God may have placed you on. But the Bible says in Hebrews 12 verse 2, it says, fix your eyes on Jesus because he is the author, the pioneer, the perfecter of your faith. You've just got to stay focused on Jesus. There's always going to be things that are going to try and take you out. In my friend John's life, there was things that tried to take him out. To make him realize that he wasn't made for more. But I want to encourage you, young person. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You'll hear all about him this whole weekend. We heard last night how he says that we've got a life, a life to the full, that he wants to give us a good life. Jesus is for you, and if you stay focused on Him, then you'll live a life made for more. I love that Daniel, in this moment, it would have been so easy for Daniel to, to, to go to the left or to the right. It says, just don't pray to anybody else. Don't pray to your God for 30 days. That could be pretty easy. But Daniel realized that he was made for a purpose. He thought, whatever comes my way, I will not take my eyes off of Jesus. I will not take my eyes off of the Lord because I know that he set me up for a good path. And so what does Daniel do? The Bible says this. It says, so now Daniel learned that the decree had been published. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. There's nothing really special about that except that in those days when you went up to the upper room and it faced towards Jerusalem, that's where the temple was. So praying towards the temple, praying towards God, it says this. Three times a day he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. I love that bit. You see, despite whatever happened in Daniel's life, despite the tough times, Despite the bad times, despite the circumstances of life, the Bible says that just as he had done before, he went and he prayed. And he went to God. I don't know what's going on in your world. I don't know what's going on in your situation. It may be really good right now, or it could be so tough. It could be so hard. But I want to encourage you that in the good times and in the bad times, just like Daniel, just as he had done before, there's someone that you can go to, and his name's Jesus. And you can run to him in the good times and celebrate with him, and you can run to him in the bad times, and he can comfort you and hold you. And that's exactly what Daniel did. It says, just as he had done before, these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking for God to help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about the royal law that he had published. He said, did you not publish this uh, 30 days ago that anyone who prays to you should be in prison. So Daniel, 
We know the story. Daniel gets arrested for praying to God. Daniel gets arrested for going back to the upper room and, and, and seeking God again. And what happens? He gets put in a lion's den. Has anybody been put in a lion's den before? No? Just Daniel. Okay, it's fine. So just Daniel. Daniel gets put into this lion's den. I, I don't know about you, but, you know, I know I look pretty, pretty strong. I know I look strong. But I've got to be honest with you, DTI. I, I, I'm pretty scared of things in life. I realized I'm going to be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? My biggest fear, we can make this more dramatic. We can just like, can you make it more dramatic? Just, oh, there we go. (laughs) Good job, good job. My biggest fear, the cats. I hate cats. Like, the, the, the devil made two animals, snake and cats. Like he did, right? Believe it. You're saved. The devil made two animals, snake and cat. I hate cats. It's just everything about them. Their whiskers, the way their backs go up, their tails. They're just freaky. Freaky animals. If a cat is walking on one side of the road, I'm going to cross to the other side. I don't want to be on the same side of the road as a cat. I hate cats. And anyway, so I hate cats, and uh, I, was, I, was at this, I was at this youth camp like this uh, last summer. And I was in this room, and I was having food with the guys, and this bird, this bird flew into the room. Birds aren't meant to be in rooms. They're meant to be outside in the sky. This bird flew into the room. It flies around. It's flapping its wings. It hits the window, and it dies. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. It does. So I go downstairs. I get the guy who owns the place. I'm like, bro, I said, there's a bird in the room. It's hit the window and now it's dead. You need to come and sort it out. So we go up to the room. And somehow, the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ has made this bird alive again. And it's flying around again and it's flapping its wings and then it hits another window. Dumb bird. Hits the window, falls to the ground. And here's my reaction to the bird. Let's have a look. <laughs> Let's play it one more time. Let's turn that volume right up. Right up. <laughs> That wasn't my wife screaming, guys. That wasn't my kid. That was me. I told you I'm a scaredy cat. I was freaked out by this bird that flew into the window, flew into the room, hit the window. I was scared to the max. I screamed like a little girl. Can you imagine what it'd be like being a lion's den? Like with this big, hairy, fierce lion breathing down your neck. Like I would have passed out. I would have been like, oh, but Jesus, I would have been gone. I would have passed out. They would have had to come and get an ambulance and sort me out. But the Bible says that Daniel was in the lion's den. And I love this. I love that Daniel knew that he was made of the good stuff. He knew he was made for a purpose. But the thing about Daniel that I love the most is that he knew who made him. Because even though he was in the lion's den, 
even though he was in the scariest moment of his life, even though everything was coming against him, what happened? The Bible says that he just, he just sat there. He didn't fear. He didn't cry. He just sat there and the Bible says that the next day, King Darius, the guy that put him in the lion's den in the first place, comes up to the lion's den and says, Daniel, are you still down there? And Daniel's like, yeah, still here. So they take the boulder away. They bring him out. And Daniel was still alive. I love that, that in this story we see that despite whatever comes at Daniel's way, despite whatever he faces, he keeps his eyes fixed on Jesus. The Bible says this, when Daniel was found alive, he says in Daniel 6, may the king live forever because he sent the angels to, to shut the mouths of the lion. Daniel wasn't just kept alive, but he was made alive. I love that this weekend you're looking at Ephesians. And there's this scripture in Ephesians verse 2, it says this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins. You were dead in your mess and, and all the bad stuff in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the rule of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we are by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead. It's by grace we have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms of Jesus Christ, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ, for his grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's a gift of God. Daniel was made of the good stuff. Made for a purpose, and he knew who made him. Despite whatever happened in his life, he knew that he was part of a chosen tribe. And when you're part of a chosen tribe, it doesn't matter what happens. You know that, that God's got your back, that the pack leader's got your back. So you stay strong. And I love that Daniel stayed strong. I love that he just stayed fixed on Jesus. And here's the thing. When you realize that you're made for more, when you realize that you're part of the good tribe, the chosen tribe, the Bible says that Darius, the guy, remember the king that put Daniel in the prison in the first place? That same king comes back and he tells the whole kingdom. He says this, let me read it to you. He says, I issue a new law. This is the king that wanted no one else to pray to God wanted everything to come to him. He issues a new law. He says, I issue a new law that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. For he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Here's my one point. When you realize that you're made for more, when you realize that you're part of the chosen tribe, here's the cool thing. It doesn't just affect your life. It doesn't just have a ripple effect on you. But it affects the, the people all around you. It affects the people in your family. 
It affects the people in your school, in your college, in your workplace. It affects whoever that you come in contact with because Daniel stayed fixed on Jesus because Daniel realized that he was part of the chosen tribe. A whole kingdom was told about the goodness and the greatness of God. I love that. Before I finish up, I'm nearly done. I'll just tell you one more story. You know, the other, last summer I was at the park and I was with my little girl. You saw my little girl, Isabella East. And at this park, it's like, probably, it's not that big. It's about as big as this room. It's tiny. Parks are small in London. We don't have much space. And we're at this park, and in the park, there's, there's this big dragon. And we're on the swings, and we're swinging along, and we're having a good time. And then she, she gets off the swings, and she can't talk that well. She walks up to this dragon and she sees this dragon maybe goes from this side of the room all the way to this side of the room. It goes like that. And you can go over it and under it and in it and around it. She walks up to this dragon and she stops. I see her thinking in her her mind, thinking that there's this amazing thing in front of me and I so want to do it. I so want to be a part of it. I so want to accomplish it. But she stops, and she turns around, and all she simply does is she looks at me, and she reaches out her hand as if to say, Daddy, I need you. I need your help. And so I go up to her, I say, come on, baby girl, let's go. I grab her hand, and and we go over this this big dragon. We go around it, we're going through it, and uh, we get to the end, and she's so happy. It's the biggest smile on her face. I'm so happy as a dad. And here's the thing. So many of us in life, young people, you have big dreams and big aspirations and all of this greatness right in front of you. But the thing that could stop you from reaching there is thinking that you can't do it. And that's probably true, because in our own strength, we can't do it. But the Bible says in Christ, we can do all things. So all it takes is a simple turning around and reaching out to the Father, just like my little girl Bella reached out to me, asking for the help of a father to be able to accomplish what she wanted to do, what she wanted to go through. That's the difference between living a small life and living a life made for more. She could have stopped and thought, nah, I can't do it, let's go on. Or she could have thought, I can accomplish this, but the only way I can do it is with the Father. We heard yesterday, last night, that God is here. That God is simply wanting to do life with you and give you life to the full, help you accomplish all those things in life that maybe you thought you could never do. And all it takes is a reaching out of the hand. So before I pass it over to the guys, I've got 20 seconds left. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity right now, right here. Maybe you didn't, didn't do it last night. But this morning, before we go on any further, today is the, ta- the day. Now is the time. You see all of this stuff in life your purpose, realizing you're made for more, want to be part of the chosen tribe. And all it takes is for you to turn around 
and reach out to a father who is standing there waiting for you to simply reach out and say, Daddy, I need you. I want to do amazing things in life and I realize that life to the full comes when I walk with you. If you're in this place and you're saying, I want want a relationship with Jesus. I want all that he's got for me. I want to live a life made for more. I want to live a life to the full. I want to be part of the chosen tribe. If you're in this place, you're saying, yeah, that's me. All I simply want you to do is lift up your hand and go, yeah, that's me. So I know who I'm praying for across this place. Hands going up all across this place. Amazing. Amazing. Lift it up nice and high saying, I'm part of the chosen tribe. I'm living a life made for more. That's incredible. Incredible. You can put your hands down. And I'm going to say a prayer. You can say it in your head, say it in your heart. If that was you, say, Dear God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done. And I thank you that you've called me to live a life made for more. Today, Jesus, I decide to follow you. Thank you for for inviting me into the chosen tribe. Help me to live a life that honors you and follows you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.